Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. I'm your host Brian, and we're going to jump right back in where we left off last week, with our conversation with Joseph from the Cognitive Discourse podcast, and Among War. But before we get to it, find us and follow us on social media. Just search for Concerts That Made Us podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and we're now on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash concerts that made us. Speaking of Patreon, we've got a couple of new patrons. We've got Rob from Monster Fuzz, one of the best podcasts out there. We've got Copper Kelly. You guys know Copper Kelly well from Season 1. Copper's got a new podcast out called Copper's Corner. I highly recommend it. And we've got Louise. Louise has been a fan of the show for a long time. So thank you guys for the support. I really appreciate it. So now, without further ado... Let's get on with the show. Sorrow from inside, 
And then again, would never meet your idols, man. I, I I can't stress that enough. Never meet your idols. Um, yeah. Because we we have a tendency to to paint them a certain way. We put them on a pedestal. Yeah. And, and and this is why I'm saying this is one of the reasons why I want to build a community. This is one of the reasons why I I, I like talking to other podcasters outside of the podcast. Because mm. I get to know who you are outside the podcast. And see, the one yeah. thing I like about, like, in the short time that we've talked, um, you know, I'll let your listeners know, you, the way you are in the podcast is exactly how you are outside the podcast. That's what I, that's what I like. I, I like that. Mm. that. That means you're a genuine person. I've yeah. Done, yeah. I, yeah. I've done podcasts with people who, you know, they're one way prior to recording. And then when that switch hits... Yeah. They're this fake person. And, and I see mm. through that shit and, and um, I'll, I'll go along with it for the sake of the podcast. Um, thank God I haven't run into a lot of them. Like I, I've, mm. I've, I've only ran into to one really that I, I can, I can think of. Uh, but for the most part, everybody that I've, I've, I've done with the exception of two people, there's, I think all the podcasts that I've done um, I've, I've stayed in touch with with the with the podcasters uh we built we've built a friendship we've we've built this kinship and um mm. you know and, and that, that's one of the reasons why like i was saying don't meet your idols because there's there's the on-camera personality the persona if you will and then there's the off-camera person and uh you know the people that i keep in touch with are people who have shown that who they are on their podcast is who they are outside the podcast and yeah. those are the people that I want to build a community with. Those are the type of people that I know if, if you build a fan base and your fan base reaches out to you, you're humble enough to be like, this is what I wanted. I wanted to have that dialogue. And I'm, I'm happy to speak with people and I'm not going to shut you out and think that I'm better than you or that uh, I outrank you in society somehow. Um, yeah. So th- that's something I definitely love. And again, I've seen that in, in music with bands um and you know that's why i I like giving shout outs to mantis bleed the sky flaw those three bands anybody asks me ever like hey man who's some of the nicest people you met those are some of the nicest people i've ever met and 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 maybe it's also because they're not super huge you know uh mower's another one mower was uh the singer from mower they're from they're a los angeles band um those guys man so another story with those guys 
<laughs> they were playing at the White Rabbit back in the day. So if anybody knows what the what White Rabbit was, it was an iconic place in San Antonio. It's it's now the Paper Tiger. But back then they were playing at the Rabbit, and um, my friend's band was playing. They were the local band on that on that that show, and it was Mower and Head PE was headlining. Head PE are a bunch of cool guys too. Uh, they they may right. not they may not come off like it, but they're they're cool, man. They're, they're chill dudes. Uh, uh, they they typically want to talk to girls more because they're just trying to get their dicks wet. So got to respect them for that. But but they, they won't <laughs> blow off dudes, which is cool. <laughs> but uh, but mower's really cool. I'd say. Huh? In both senses of the word, I'd say. Yeah. Right. Say, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so, hey man, I I get why you don't want to talk to me, bro. I got a dick swinging between <laughs> my legs, so you know. But at least you're not like wasp and you're like grow some tits and then I'll talk to you. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but mower man, the, the, my friend's band was, was playing and I was roadieing for them at that time. And so they played their set and I was helping them unload security saw me going in and out. I was going out to the back door, uh, on the right side of the stage, taking equipment out, loading up the, the truck. He had no problem with me loading up the trailer while I was doing that. It wasn't until mm-hmm. I was trying to go back in to watch, um, the band play and the singer from mower was standing outside where the bands were doing the loadouts and he's drinking a Bud Light. He's just chilling and he's there with the other bandmates and they're just chilling. I, I believe they were barbecuing too at the time. And uh, they're like a little pit out there. And we finished pick, uh, putting everything in the trailer and I start trying to walk back inside. And now the security guards pushing me back out the door oh, and man. no in and out, no in and out. I'm like what the fuck are you talking about? No in and out. I'm with one of the bands, you dickhead. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. No in and out. I'm like fuck you, bro. You you've watched me come out here with like every single drum piece and a fucking Marshall amp, and now you're gonna tell me I can't go back in. Mm. He's like, what the fuck did I say? I was like, I heard you. Are you hearing me? What the fuck's your problem? <laughs> so I'm starting to get irate. Uh, I'm by myself because the band was already back inside. So I'm by myself. Oh. So I'm like, man, fuck you, dude. I'm about to fight this dude. And the singer from Mower comes over. Now the dude from Mowers, he's these these are some roughneck LA dudes. They're not they're not little slouches. The dude's kind of like he's he's a built white ball dude. He and uh, <laughs> he he comes up and uh, he's like, hey man, why are you being a fucking dick? Like, and I'm and I hear it. I turn around. And I'm like, I thought he was talking to me. I was like, what the fuck? and I see him looking right at the security guard. And mind you, I'm a teenager, so I'm I'm this scrawny little teenager, and then I got this big ass buff bald dude coming up <laughs> and the security guard thought he could push me around so his tone changes and mm. at first because he's like he's got this look like what the fuck who's talking shit and he looks over and he sees the dude from over he's like oh shit yeah and he's like <laughs> he's like hey man i just um i was just telling this kid no in and outs man and he goes yeah no 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 i heard you i heard both of y'all and he's like but you're gonna sit there and play stupid and act like you didn't just see this kid walking in and out of the fucking venue back and forth with gear and he's like, well, I was just told not. He's like, I don't give a fuck what you were told. This kid told you he's part of the band. You let all mm. the other bandmates back in there. Let him in. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. He grabs me by my the back of my neck and he goes, come here, man. And I'm like, oh, I'm like okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you're going to hang with me tonight. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, he's like, what's up, man? I'm so-and-so. I can't even remember his name either. He shakes my hand. He's like, I'm, I'm in mower. Like, Have you ever heard of us? I'm like, if I'm being honest, no. And he's like, ah, oh, that's cool, man. We're from LA. We're on tour with Head PE. Hey, you should check us out, man. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And he's like, you want a beer? And I'm like, uh, I'm not 21. He goes, here, you'll have a beer. <laughs> and 
And I'm like, all right, dude. So I probably shouldn't say that on, on the podcast, but <laughs> I'm, I'm old enough now. And uh, so I, I have a beer with him and he's like, you know what, man? He's like, I'm going to get you back inside. No worries. Come with me. And so uh, I didn't even finish the beer. I, was, I drank like two sips. I gave it to the drummer. He's like, I got you, bro. He drinks the rest of it. And uh, I start walking with him. He's like, I'll get you back in. He walks me up to the front of the venue. And uh, again, security up front. No in and out. No in and out. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm in a, I'm in a band. Like he's, mm. he's flicking them off. And he, the f- reason why he's flicking them off is he has a wristband. And he, right. has, he has the, the uh, I forgot what those things are called. But he has the, the thing around his neck that based the badges. Oh, the lanyard. The lanyards. There you go. Yeah, he has those. So he's literally showing his wrist that, that he can get in there. But as he's doing it, he's just flicking them all off. <laughs> and uh, he's like, there you go, man. You can go back in there and, and enjoy yourself. I was like, thanks, bro. And he's like, but you owe me. And I'm like, I- I'm going to watch you. I'm going to watch He's like, there we go. <laughs> I was like, all right. He goes, we're done. Come out and have some food with us. He's like, all right, cool. So I got to hang out with those dudes. Like, uh, oh. I watched like a little bit of head PE. And then I ended up going out. And while head PE was playing, we were out in the back just shooting the shit and having a good time. And and uh again you know uh i i always looked a little bit older than than i was when i was younger so a lot mm. of, i got offered drinks all the time I, bands would want to smoke out with me and shit like that that's my only downside with flaw i, I regret that i they wanted me to smoke out with them one time and i wasn't able to uh because i was a young kid my mom was tired and we had to get and i <laughs> had to walk up to flaw and be like sorry guys my mom's tired i gotta go home <laughs> <laughs> sorry i can't smoke weed with you guys <laughs> so, but yeah oh, man. man being on the road's fun uh seeing different bands um you know and like i said you're you're gonna run into different types of bands you have bands that are gonna who are gonna respect respect the grind and are gonna watch yeah. you play and then you have other bands that um don't give a fuck about you and they're gonna play uh be careful with your local shitheads too they're the same way we did a show in uh uh dallas fort worth area one time and the 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 big band in that city was uh i guess that i i guess you would call them the headliner but we went on after we we were the closing band um and we got totally fucked out of that show man because that they went on totally killed it and instead of telling them to stay for our band who drove all the way from san antonio to play they basically said, Hey man, we're going to go to the after party now. So everybody headed to the after party. And oh, no way. Yeah. We played to like the bartender and the security. <laughs> that, that's about it. And it was, it was rough. And then on top of that, um, the, the promoter, uh, tried to screw us over that band. I actually quit that band for that reason. Um, that, that band, I played bass for that band. It was a, another band that I was doing just on the, on an offshoot. Uh, I was, I wanted to play shows. And when I got in, um, it, it's one of those bands that has uh so i i am mexican but as you can see mm. i'm very light-skinned um and it's it's the spaniard blood in me um there's only a few people in my family that are pretty brown everybody else we have light skin you know some of us have blue eyes um yeah so we look really white and this was the first time i was in a band of nothing but like straight up mexicans and right. uh like even the dad the dad was the quote-unquote manager and the drummer was was the son of the dad and so okay. he the dad had this mentality of like um you know i'm 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 tough shit i'm uh you know i'm a hard ass and and i make sure this band's going to succeed and i'm going to run you guys into the ground and 
you know, you need to be mm. here on practice and blah, 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 blah. And I just thought that shit was funny because I was like, bro, like the only time you're allowed to question my bass playing is if I'm fucking up. And if I'm fucking mm. up, you're more than welcome to call me out. But I can guarantee that's not going to happen because one, I don't drink before a show. Two, I practice at home. And three, I come to rehearsals prepared. There's a difference between practice and rehearsals. And if you're listening to this and you don't know the difference, know the difference before you join a band. Uh, you <laughs> practice at home, you rehearse with your band. Um, yeah. And so he had this mentality. And I remember he was like, we took, when the band decided they wanted me, I went and tried out. They wanted me. This should have been my first red flag. And I, I didn't pick up on it. But the dad was like, yeah, you, you're all right for a white boy. Oh, man. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. But all right, check my last name, bro. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not 100% mm. white, but all right, cool. Um, like, I'm, I come from an old school Mexican family in the sense that, like, we still, we used to dig holes and, and, and put a whole cow head in the ground and cook barbacoa the old school way. Uh, my mom knows how to fucking basically cook a pig, how to harvest a pig and cook it. Same way with a, ch a chicken. Like I can give you, I can give my Jesus. mom a live pig and be like, gut this thing and let's put it on the pit. My mom's like, all right, cool. <laughs> so don't come at me with that bullshit. Like we're, we're old school Mexicans. And, mm. uh, but what made me quit that was that show, man. Like the, the, the drummer had this mentality of, he looked up to Chris Andler from Lamb of God. And, and he was one of those guys that was like, uh, you know, I want to be like Chris Andler. I, I want to run this band, you know, Chris Andler's mm. why Lama God got to where they were and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, no, the band got them where they were because they're all talent, very talented. Uh, he yeah. just was behind the scenes doing the business stuff, which is respectable. But, you know, you're coming off like a fucking cocksucker because uh, <laughs> you want to try to tell us how, how to basically live. And um, that show was in Dallas. We didn't pay for shows. I wasn't allowed to say anything. I was just the bass player. Now, mind <laughs> you, he didn't mind when I brought ideas to the table because again, I, I can write music. I'm a, I, I, I have a sense of how I want to write music and I wrote a few songs for them. Um, but on a business aspect, he wanted me, he wanted no advice from nobody. Nobody was allowed to say anything. So I knew my place. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah. cool. That's what you want. I'll just be a bass player. You know, I'm not going to get involved. So we go to Dallas. We have to rent a truck to get there. We, we, we rent, we rented a van. And we were, we were going to take it up there because the dad didn't want to use his truck. So we rented a van. Problem was the dad couldn't rent one because he didn't have either an ID or social security card. He didn't have one of them. He couldn't. So he couldn't oh. rent the van. So my mom was forced to do it. Now, mind you, my mom was still a cab driver at this time. My mom, remember I told you she made six figures. Yeah. She's working 16, 17 hour days to achieve that. Okay. So hmm. my mom is tired as fuck. <laughs> he goes and rents this van. And none of us can drive it because none of us are over 21. You have to be over 21 to, to rent a vehicle. And so my mom has to drive us up there. Oh, no. And the dad was like, well, just rent the thing and then I'll drive it up there. She goes, no, go. Like, I'm putting my foot down. I rent it. It's in my name. You wreck this fucking thing. It's mm. the, the insurance isn't going to cover you. It's only going to cover me. Yeah. So my mom's like, don't worry, I'll drive it. So we get up there. While we're driving up there, the dad tells the drummer, his son, Go ahead and give the money that you guys make from the show to her. And then I'll put that money back into the van later because she used to, my mom had to use money out of her own pocket to rent the van. She didn't know any of this was going to happen. So we're on the understanding that my mom's going to get paid back at the show. We were supposed to make, um, that show was a, a $400 guarantee. We were supposed to make 400 bucks off that show, uh, which in retrospect, 
it's actually not a bad payout considering we didn't have a fan base in Dallas and we were basically yeah. going there, you know, leeching off of the fan base off of other bands that were local there. So a $400 payout is pretty fucking good. Um, and it was guaranteed to us. That's the part that stayed with me. And Cause I asked yeah. him, I was like, is it guaranteed or is it based on how many people we bring? He goes, no, he guaranteed me 400 bucks. I was like, okay, we're getting 400 bucks. Mm. We drive all the way to Dallas. Now, mind you, Dallas is about a six hour drive from San Antonio. Six hours up there, six hours back. That's 12 hours on the road. Yeah. For 400 bucks. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> not including gas and not including the, the price it was to rent the damn van. So we drive up there, we play the gig. And as I told you, fucking nobody there. The main band takes all the crowd. So we're basically playing a fucking nobody. <clears throat> Granted, one of the security guards was friends with Dino from Fear Factory. And hmm. uh, so it was cool to have him watch us. And he gave us props on our, on our thing. Yeah. Um, so that felt good. Cause he was like, man, I wish the band would have been cocksuckers and you guys, you guys are pretty good. And I was like, Oh, thanks man. And then we started talking about Dino and all that stuff. So anyway, I wasn't allowed to discuss business, right. With, with the promoters, we get back in the van, we play our show, we load up, we start heading back. Hmm. So I start telling the dude like, Hey man, you know, don't forget to pay my mom. Now I could have fucking straight up told him right before we got in the van, give my mom the 400 bucks or tell my mom, go yeah. get the 400 bucks. I trusted him. So he's like, I'll give it to you when we get, when we get back. I was like, okay. So I was like, just don't forget. So we get home. It's now like four in the morning and we're all fucking tired. And he pulls out money hmm. and he hands it to me. I open my hand. It's 40 fucking dollars. What the fuck? That's a big difference. And I'm like, hey, dude, what the fuck is this? And he goes, well, that's the money. I was like, we were guaranteed 400. Hmm. He's like, yeah, well, when we got there, he said that he, he brought it down to 200. I'm like, okay. And he goes, and then he handed me, he said he handed me a hundred. I'm like, you didn't fucking check it before we left. <sighs> they did one of those like cool high five type slide the money in the hands. I'm like, and if he hmm. gave you a hundred dollar bill, there's two bills in here. That should alone tell you that, that that's not a hundred bucks. Like yeah. if he told you he gave you a hundred dollar bill and you felt two pieces of paper, I would have looked at him like, wait, this is more than one, you know, one piece of paper. Yeah. So I was like, so let me get this straight. We were supposed to get 400. Then he tells he's going to give you less than that half of it. And then he tells you that he gives you half of that half. And then he didn't even give you half of the half that he said he gave you. Mm. And that confused the shit out of him. I was like, he said he's going to give you 400. He said he's going to give you half of that when we got there, which is 200. Then as we're leaving, he says he's going to give you half of that 200, which is 100. And then we get home, and it's not even half of the 100 that he said he gave you. And he's like, uh. I'm like, dude, what the fuck, bro? Why didn't you punk yeah. us that? Why didn't you come get us? Like, I would have fucking had your back. Like, mm. you just let this dude rip us, and he's fucking six hours away. We can't just drive back up there and be like, hey, man, you fucking shorted us. Like, you let this dude rip us off. And not only that. You didn't let him rip us off. He ripped off my mom. This money was supposed mm. to pay for the van. And he goes, well, I, don't I was like, bro, you don't want people to be involved with the business side of things. Yet you don't have the fucking balls to stand up for it when we're getting screwed over. So how, how are we supposed to trust you in running business? You know, and it wasn't the first time his dad, I watched his dad punk out at a show one time too. 
And I'm like, oh. and that's when I called his dad out. I was like, cause his dad started coming out. Cause I was yelling, I was fucking heated, bro. And uh, mm. his dad comes out and he's like, what's going on? And I start telling him and, and his dad starts trying to pull this like, oh man, I was, I mean, shut the fuck up, dude. You wouldn't have done shit. Cause I've seen you punk out too. You're a fucking bitch. Just like your fucking son. I'm out. Yeah. Oh, you're dead right. And Especially I'll, when the father was wanting to run the whole show. Like, yeah. And then he's punking out like that. He can't even do what he wants to do, you know? Yep. And, and, and if I remember correctly, I think he did eventually pay my mom back. Um, so my mom did get her money back, but it was like a few months I later. I hope so. Um, cause at that point, like you're not even dealing with me. She, he was dealing with my mom and like, mm. I get my hotheadness from her. And so I'm like, bro, you don't even want to fuck with my mom, dude. She'll fucking scratch your eyes out. Like <laughs> she's like, she's one of those tiny mean Mexican ladies. Like she'll take off right. her fucking her flip flop as we call chanclas and she'll beat the hell out of you with it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, um, I think she eventually did get her money, but at that point I was over it. I quit the band and I feel kind of bad because the, like I was cool with everybody in that band, the, 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 not to toot my own horn, but the band. And, and I think they would say this too. When I joined that band, I was kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, right. be, because like I said, I'm very animated on stage. I pulled that out of them. Um, the guitar players, I'm still friends with them today. Uh, if you guys are listening, mm. hey, uh, but uh, shout out to to Omar and, and Carlos. They, they're brothers and uh, they were on the heavy set side. So they weren't very mobile on stage. Like they kind of just, right. they just, they were those, those dudes that just kind of set the, the Carrie King did, if you will, just kind of stood there mm. and head banged and, and really didn't <laughs> move much. And I noticed that the first couple shows, you know, and same thing with the vocalist, the vocalist was, was kind of shy too. And, um, after I would say about two or three shows, they started seeing, cause I watched them and to see how they kind of were in, in a show environment. And they were very, yeah. they were very much like introverts. They played the gig, they load up and they leave. They wouldn't hang around. And mm. I was the guy that was like, where y'all going? Like, let's, let's have a brew. Let's fucking hang out. Let's talk <laughs> to people, you know, let's yeah. network with other bands Let's talk to some fans. Let's let's gain fans that way. You know, there's nothing more cool uh, as a fan than watching a band play and you like their music and then they're in the audience later and they shoot the shit with you and you're like, fuck yeah, yeah man, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna follow you because you're fucking cool. You know, mm. I mean, the amount of drumsticks I signed and gave the little kids at shows, like I, I did that shit all the time, and um, so you started seeing about the third or fourth gig that we played, they started moving around a little bit more. They started sweating uh, like crazy. They, they, I mean, they were <laughs> my, one of my guys, like, I, I believe he had to wring his shirt out after one show, but they started, <laughs> yeah, they started, you started seeing the, their true selves come out. Now, I don't know if it was that they were shy or if they were just afraid mm. to do it because of the drummer, um, which sucks because again, the band was fun. The drummer was amazing. That dude could play like Chris Adler. Like he, he, he was a huge Demigod fan. So he was able to yeah. like, when Lamb of God came out with the new album within that, that week, he already knew how to play all the songs on drums. Like, oh, man. yeah, he was, he was a talented drummer. He did drum band in, in high school and shit like that. So, you know, he drumming was in his blood. Um, mm. His attitude was just poor. And, um, yeah. you know, God knows where that band would be today. Had we still been a unit and, and playing well together because those guys loved me. And when I walked away, I remember them being like, yo man, are you going to let, are you seriously going to let this dude just leave? 
And mm. he had this mentality like, fuck them. We can find someone else. And within, I think, two days, um, they quit. Um, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he was strict, dude. So, like, so strict that one of the guitar players, and mind you, they're, they're brothers, right? Both guitar players, yeah. they're brothers. One of the guitar players couldn't show up to practice once. Once got kicked out of the band. Right. Are you serious? He got kicked out because he didn't show up to practice. And <laughs> yeah, and then he he eventually came back, and then I think they tried to pull that shit on him again when I when I left, and it ultimately was just like, bro, if you're gonna let this guy walk, I'm out. Mm. And then one of the the no uh, yeah, so the one that didn't get kicked out, he left. And I, I, this happened back in like 2009, so I'm trying to remember the, the order. But he left because he was real, real he was real cool with me. The other one stayed just because he wanted to play guitar, right? They. I think he eventually left and then he came back and then they ran as a three piece for a while with no bass. It was just guitar, drums, and vocals. And then I think the vocalist was eventually like, I'm done. Um, if I remember correctly, he left cause he, he didn't want, he wanted me back and I, I refused to come back. I was like, I'm not coming back. Like yeah. if, if yeah. this dude's going to have that attitude, I'm not coming back. <clears throat> and then I think he left. Then they ended up getting another vocalist. And then I think they got a bass player. Um, and then I think eventually the guitar player said, this is dumb. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is not what it once was. I think he walked, he ended up getting into school and he studied um, uh, engineering. So he started becoming a, like a music producer. Um, and I think that's oh. what, I think that's what he does now. Um, yeah. But I don't know what happened to this guy. I know I saw him show up on my Facebook a while back as a, somebody you may know. Um, I don't know if, if he's still playing music. Uh, I've kept in touch with the two guitar players. I don't know what happened to the vocalist. Um, the vocalist kind of reminded me of uh, the dude from Chimera, um, right? Um, with a little bit more of a, like a high raspy instead of like that mid. Um, mm. But that's kind of what made me join that band. I was like, they kind of have like a Chimera vibe, and so like I I, I had fun with them, man. It was it was a <laughs> good time. Um, but yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like that's kind of one of the reasons why it pushed me into wanting to be a solo artist, man. I, I run into a lot of people who they just egos man and like i said i'm i have my own ego. that has to be the worst part yeah i have my own ego man like um mm. but so i have one more and i'm 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 gonna tell the story purely based on and i did an episode of this on, on my on my personal podcast but uh just to kind of get your opinion and okay. uh also you know i don't know if you have a comment section or anything for your fans to kind of communicate but if they if they're listening to this i'd love to get their opinion on this too because not quite sure how I feel about this, uh, but this is something that happened with the most recent band that I was a part of back in 2000, what are we, 2021? So back in 2017, 18 was the last actual band that I was a part of. I won't say their name, but, um, okay. and if I do slip, if you can just edit it out, but I'll, I'll, I'll try not to say their name. <clears throat> so this band was a three piece and um, it was interesting because I, I came across this band when I was um, looking to do more shows, like I was going into the mindset of like, I'm older now. I just want to play gigs. I don't really care to be at the forefront of a band. You know, at that time I was recording like the song day of reckoning and all that. I was recording those songs at that time. So I wasn't in the, in the, in the mood of like, I want to be in this band and be famous. And just, I just, I just want to be a part of somebody who's gigging. I just want to play some shows. And I just want to play my role. I want to be a hired gun, mm. play my role. Just have fun with it. Exactly. So I went on Facebook 
and went through like, you know, Craigslist, Facebook, started going through like, um, you know, public forums uh, for, for bands. Mm. And I came across this one band that had a very Queens of a Stone Age type vibe. All right. It was a three piece band. And uh, sorry, Ugh, trying to get comfortable here. It was a three piece band. And uh, they had a bass player, a drummer, and a guitar player who was also the singer. Now, when I say that Queens of the Stone Age was his favorite band, that's a huge understatement. Like, they were everything to, to this guy. Um, right. So musically, he looked up to Queens of the Stone Age. Appearance-wise, attitude-wise, he looked up more to Elvis. Um, okay, okay. kind of had that swagger about him, right? Um, it, he's a military dude, so I figured this is going to be a good fit. You know, mm. um, so I reached out to him and said, Hey man, you know, I see you're looking for a bass player. I'd be happy to come and try out, um, you know, if you'd have me mm. and, um, you know, his email was a lot like how our emails were when I was emailing you. It was just kind of like, Hey man, if you're willing to have me on, I'm, I'm all for it. And, um, so I was like, yeah, man, he's like, we're, I'm actually working on some new material with a drummer. Um, if you don't mind, I'll send you some like garage audio of it of us playing some recorded audio uh it's not the best but it'll give you an idea of kind of what we're working on he's like i tell you what if you can come up with a baseline for those um within the next two weeks or so we'll set up a meeting i was like yeah man send them so he sent hmm. me like three tracks i started working on it right then and there and i wrote a baseline i wrote two baselines i wrote for two songs that night i wrote two baselines and i recorded it and i sent it back to him and he wasn't expecting it. And he was like, holy shit, you already sent a back? I was like, yeah, dude, I wasn't fucking playing. Like, mm. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so here's me playing to give you kind of an idea of what I would bring to the table. I mean, I don't know what you're looking for. So I'm just kind of messing around with it, you know. And mm. it's very rock and rollish. So I the bass lines were very, like, um, blues inspired. Like, I took a lot of blues scales and kind right. of incorporate that into my, my bass, my bass playing. So it was a lot of walking on the bass, but it gave, it gave the, the songs a kind of a bouncy groove to them, you know? So he liked them and he said, you know, uh, go ahead and practice those and then we'll set up for the weekend. Can you come by on the weekend? But yeah, sure. Now to kind of put into perspective, cause this will, this will play in later. Um, my situation at the time, uh, my mom had a pickup truck. I was living at home with my mom. Um, I was in the process of trying to find another job. Um, and I was, I was at a job, but I wasn't happy at it. So I was, I was, I had applied at this other job that a friend was trying to get me into. And so I was right. doing this like crazy manual labor job, um, that was kicking my ass, um, until I could get the other one. So my, my focus hmm. was on that too. Like I had that going on. Um, but I'm, you know, I was in my mom, um, uh, we were getting, uh, my, I used my mom's truck. And again, like I said earlier, my mom was one of my biggest fans. So she didn't have a problem, you know, helping me out. Yeah. So I show up and, uh, you know, he meets my mom cause my mom went with me. Um, uh, I don't No, no, I take that back. The first time I met, I went by myself. I, I took my mom's truck and went by myself. Um, I had just had my daughter. So yeah, this was about almost five years ago. Cause my daughter was like two or three months old. And, uh, I went by myself. I took my amp. I took my, my base 
And the amp that I took is a, it's a line six lowdown. It's 150 watt amp. It's a combo amp, and the fucker is heavy. It's <laughs> it's about three feet tall. It's it's a heavy it's a heavy ass amp. Um, mm. So I took that, and then I took my Fender Jazz bass. I have a um, it's a very punk bass. I actually can show it to you. Uh, see if it, I don't know if the camera will pick it up, but it's it's got this uh, kind of green. That's not picking it up. It's got a like this green finish. Um, right. It almost looks like a, a, a um, Blink-182 type bass, oh, like, the, nice. like what, he, what Mark would use. Um, yeah. So I took that. And I had to take the Fender. I was like, I got to take the Fender if we're going to be playing this type of music. And um, so we get there, start jamming with him. Everything's good, man. He's having a good time. And I I told him where I stood when I joined the band. Like I, I, I did the rehearsal with him. He liked me. Mm. And he jumped on it right away. Now this is a this should have been a red flag, and and it'll, it'll make more sense as the story progresses. But it should have been a red flag of how quickly he was like, "Yes, you're in." Right. There was no like, "Hey man, I have other bass players. I'll get back to you." It was like, "Hey, if you want to be part of the band, you're in." Mm. I was like, "Okay." Like I was so <laughs> like wanting to play that I, back yeah i was like so into wanting to play shows i was like all right cool i'm not going to question the fact that he just said that maybe it was part of my ego was playing like i'm i'm so good he wanted me you know <laughs> i don't know but at the end of the day i was like all right cool so we set up practices we had practice i think it was like twice a week um and at the beginning everything was good man like it was great we were writing songs and i kept i kept having this mentality of like what do you want me to do on this song like, mm. what are you looking for? Like, this is your band. Cause I told him flat out, I was like, look, man, this is your band. I'm not trying to come in here, take control. I have my own project that I'm doing. All of my time and effort musically goes into that. I'm just yeah, here to, yeah. to play bass. So whatever you want me to play, I'll play whatever style you want me to go with. I'll figure it out and I'll play. Mm. Um, and he kept coming back with like, no, nah, man, like this is your band too. Like make it, make it your own. Like, I want you to put yourself into those baselines. And, you know, he started giving me a lot of creative freedom when it came to my baselines. Hmm. And I take that stuff seriously. You know, I, I take that stuff to the heart and I'm like, okay, like I, I, I typically I'm like, okay, I look at it like, okay, this guy is being real about, you know, my input. Like he, he wants to know my input and that means something to me, you know? Yeah. So I started putting more thought and, and love into my baselines and I started getting like a little crazier on the baseline. I started walking a lot more, started doing weird, just weird bluesy things. And, uh, he was loving it. You know, um, we were in a different tuning. And the, the thing about me is I play by ear. So like typically we were, we were playing in a weird tuning and his tuning, my tuning didn't match his tuning on one of the, gu the guitars he had in a certain oh, way. Nice. Cause he had six strings and I had four. So I would, mm. I would play, I think, I think on one of them with that guitar, I think I played like almost in the standard tuning and he had like this weird tuning, but it fit, like it worked somehow. But, um, if I remember correctly, but I just, I, I'm one of those type of people when I'm playing, like I want to be very precise. And so sometimes he, I think he would forget that. And it's like, bro, I'm not like musically knowledgeable on certain things. So like, I need to find your root note and I can play off the root note. And then, yeah. and then if you're telling me, oh, it's an A and it's actually not an A and you don't even know what the fuck it is. It, 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 it tends, yeah, it tends to, so I'm like, well, that's an A right there. And he's like, well, that's not what I'm playing. Like, but cause you're not playing an A, like, I don't know the fucking tuning you're in. Like, that's not an A, like, here's your A. And, uh, you know, it would be like a half step down or I would play something within 
like he would have a chord, right? Mm. And I would break the chord down. So I'd play notes within that chord. Um, and I listen to a lot of metal, so I, I know like how to build tension and stuff, right? So mm. um, there are times when I would do that in some of the more, uh, I don't want to say dark, but some of the more like at- atmospheric type stuff that he did. I would try to add a little bit of that tension with the bass and I don't think it processed with him. Like, it's like, bro, you're used to playing in major keys all the time. Like you don't like throwing a minor in there every now and then, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) um, or just try to find something that's going to create some tension and then we can resolve Mm. it later. Like it'll make sense when we resolve it, you know? Um, or if you want to be a real jerk and you want to fuck with your fans, don't resolve it. Like go out, (laughs) go out with some tension and just leave it there, leave them hanging. Um, Mm. that's musical fun about things, you know, anyway. Um, so we, we would play and, 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 but overall writing songs was pretty easy. Um, I, I started to learn kind of what he was looking for as time progressed. And a lot of it was just kind of playing off the root note, whatever he was playing. I would, I would play that, that root note. And, um, every now and then I I try to, I'd play on the fifth and kind of fuck with them and, you know, (laughs) um, but Overall, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk like I know theory, but um, I I had to kind of adjust myself to what he was doing. But he let me bring my guard down by constantly telling me, like, this is your band, too. This is your band, too. This is your band, too. Mm. So I started taking that into consideration. One of the things that he told me when I was in the band with him was that, you know, he knew that I was I was traveling quite a distance to get to him. And uh, he was like, hey, man, you can leave your amp here if you'd like. Um, and he's like, you're more than welcome to leave your gear here. And I was like, okay. And I was like, now, mind you, I have multiple bass guitars. Okay. I have Hmm. two right now. I actually had three, but one of my buddies is using one. Um, and so I left my fender there and I had my, what I call my metal bass, my first bass that I ever got. It's, it's a brawly four string with active pickups. Um, that's my baby. I don't leave that anywhere because people want that bass. Like it's, any bass player that plays on it, they're always trying to buy it from me. I'm like, nope, not for sale. Um, but that's my, that, that was my road, my road bass and, and my, my bass that I use on recordings a lot, but I use that to practice at home. And like I said, mm. I know the difference between practice and rehearsing. And I try to explain that to him. And like I said, that'll make sense later on. So <clears throat> he told me I could start leaving my gear there at this time. I had already gotten the job that I wanted. <clears throat> right. The only downside to the job was that it was 12 hour days and I was working six days a week. Oh man. So I was working a lot, Mm. but I wasn't missing uh, practices and I wasn't missing shows. I was tired, but I was, I was, I was getting there. You know what I mean? I never, I never canceled a practice. I never canceled a show. And uh, no matter how late the show was, and I still went to work the next day. Um, And that's kind of where the trouble started to begin. So we started doing a lot of shows. I think age had a lot to do with it because when I was in okay. the band with him, I was like 28 around that. I was like, I was like 28. This dude was in his late thirties. Um, and the drummer also was a lot older as well. They, 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 knew, they grew up knowing each other. So I think he underestimated the, um, the amount of experience that I had gained, uh, in music. But I mean, even being 28, that's not, uh, it's not like I was 18. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I've seen some shit at 28, you know? And, yeah. um, but 
I, he would hold that against me a lot. Uh, there were times when like business decisions would come up and I would just try to play devil's advocate a little bit. Hmm. And, um, he would, it would get to the point where he's like, Oh yeah, I forgot, you know, better. Like he would, he would throw little jabs at me like that. And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, trying to say, you know, let's, let's, let's think about it a little bit. Um, Hmm. or he'd shoot down ideas, which later he would end up doing when I wasn't in the band. Oh Uh, man. (laughs) One of the big ones. Yeah. One of the big ones is I'm boots on the ground, man. I'm old school. Uh, I remember before, Facebook. I remember before MySpace. I remember before all that stuff. I remember paper flyers. I remember demo CDs. I remember that shit. So I'm very old school. When we had shows, what I would do is I would do what was called a promo album. So he was um, in the military. He does uh, the training videos. So like the training videos in the military, he's the guy that like directs and films those. Like that's his job oh, in the military. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's he knows how to video edit and shit. And uh he would make the flyers and everything too. And, and so he would design the flyer, he'd print it out and then he'd, he'd, he'd give me a copy. I'd go to Kinko's and I'd print a shit ton of them and, and, and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> I ultimately was like, Hey man, can you resize this small enough so I can fit them in CD cases? And he's like, well, why? I'm like, well, I'm going to make promo out of CDs. And now mind you, this band got paid when we played, we, we got paid to play. Everything right. that we did with this band came out of band budget. Okay. I did this on my own dollar. I never mm. went to him and asked him, Hey man, can you give me some money from the band so I can do this? And I did that because I figured I, this would be my contribution to the band. I wasn't looking for payback. Uh, Cause at yeah. the end of the day, I wanted the band to succeed. So that was my investment. My investment is I'm going to put money in to do this, this side thing with the CDs in the hopes that my return is to get more fans, right? Oh yeah, of course. That's my outlook on it. So I go to, to the, I don't even know if you could do this now, but I had, cause I remember I had to go to Best Buy to get a bunch of blank CDs and <clears throat> I had my laptop and I had my computer um, both simultaneously burning CDs. Hmm. We have my wife who's breastfeeding at the time, who's helping me with this. She's got the kid attached to one side of the boob and she's over there writing on the CDs with, <laughs> you know, with the, with the, with the, with the free hand. And yeah. I, she was helping me because her handwriting was way better. And when I talk about making a promo CD, I didn't just like slap some songs on it, put promo CD on it, put a flyer in there and call it a day. No, mm. we went all out with them. So I, any band that we were playing with, I would reach out to that band and say, Hey man, I'm making a, a, a compilation promo CD. Um, do you mind being on it? And if so, can you send me anywhere between two or three of your best songs and know that I'm going to put this on a CD and we're going to hand these out to promote the show. And most bands were like, that's a fucking awesome idea. And they'd (laughs) send me two or three songs. Sometimes they send me five or six. I'm like, I just need two or three of your best. And uh, so what I would do is I would put their song, I'd put the songs on the CD and then I'd, I'd tell them, please send me the name of the song because I want to put the name on there. So on the CD itself with Sharpie, I'd put, you know, promo CD. And then I put the name of the band with a line under the name. And then, you know, one, two, three. And then I put mm. each track name of the track. And then I put the yeah. next band line under and then five, six or four, five, six. And then their songs, you know. So when people have the CD, they know what song it is from what band it is. Um, and then I downsized the flyers. so They'd fit in the actual CD case. And we would put that in the CD case. So you had the flyer, you had all the information of where these band, this band was playing and what date and all that stuff. 
And then you had the CD with all the tracks on it. And then on the back, on the actual CD case, I had bought hard cases. We would put um, the social media accounts. So, ah, right. we, you know, find this band out on Facebook. Here's their address. If they had a website, we put the website. So we put all the bands on that back. So if, hmm. if there was a band, again, it wasn't just for my band that I was in. It was for every band that's on that show. We made sure everybody had an equal opportunity to gain a fan base. And hmm. if I gave you a CD and my band wasn't the one you liked, but you liked the other band that was underneath us, well, guess what? You had all the information you needed to go follow them. Like that, that was, that was the gist of it. That was the whole goal, right? Yeah. To, to spread awareness of every band, to try to get as many as we could to the show and to just meet people. Hmm. He didn't like the idea. Right. He came at it from a money perspective. How much is this going to cost me? And what's my return? I hmm. said, it's not going to cost you a fucking thing, dude. And there is no return. The only return is that you're going to gain, gain a fan, fan base. And hopefully we get more fucking asses in the seats at the venue that we're playing. I'm paying for this and I'm not asking for you to pay me back. Well, I don't know, man. I don't think it's a, it's a smart move financially and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, stop questioning. I'm not asking you to put a fucking dime into mm. it. Like we literally had this back and forth. And I told him, I was like, all, all I'm asking from you is to go with me. Let's go to the malls and let's hand these fuckers out. And I was like, but if you want to sit on Facebook and promote that way all goddamn day, then good luck. Cause you need more than that. Yes. The internet's a great tool, but sometimes you need to have that back and forth that in person and show people you give a fuck about your product. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, because I didn't create this product. You did, you know, I'm mm. just trying to help you to reach more people. So the drummer was all about it. He's like, that's fucking cool. The bands that were, I was doing it with, they thought it was fucking cool. I gave them copies and it's like, here, man, hand those out whenever you can. And they're like, fuck yeah. I was like, if you need more, come back, let me know. Uh, and you know, they would need more. I'd call them and like, all right, let's meet up somewhere. Half the time we meet up somewhere, I'd hand it to them and say, okay, let's, we're here at North Star Mall. Let's fucking walk the mall. You know, you go yeah. that way, we'll go this way. And, you know, we'll hand them out. I'd go to stores like Hot Topic and Zoomies, uh, Spencer's. I'd go up to the person working there and say, hey, man, uh, I'm part of a local band, so and so. We have a show coming up. Um, and I made some promo CDs. And all the bands that are in that show are on this promo CD. Do you mind if we leave them by the register? They're free. Um, you know, mm -hmm. could you just help us by letting people know like, Hey, those CDs are free. You're more than welcome to take one if you like. And they're like, yeah, man. Like the people at hot topic were like, fuck yeah. Like what you got? Like, yeah. and I, I gave it to one of the guys and he's like, I'm gonna play this shit right now. And he took the CD to the back and put it on. So we got fucking airplay in, in hot topic, you know? <laughs> and, um, he let me put a bunch of CDs there and, and, and he was like, yeah, dude. He's like, I'm technically not allowed to do it, but my manager's not here. So fuck it, go for it. <laughs> you know? Um, and like I said, so again, if people are listening, don't be afraid to do things. Like, just do it. If you get if you get told yeah. no, you get told no. Like, just move on. Chance don't dwell on it. Yep. You never know what doors are going to get kicked wide fucking open. And there's an opportunity right there. Take it. Um, mm. And again, he wasn't very, you know, at this time, we were kind of already having a little issues. He There was something going on behind the scenes with him that I didn't know about. Um, and I probably never will know about. But um, ultimately... I started to kind of put pieces together because I remember one time we were playing at practice and he was basically telling me that they had been looking for a bass player for like three months. Right. right. And they had a guy and then he, he kind of ditched them. And so I was kind of one of the only dudes that, that had gotten back to them in, in that three month time. So he was desperate for a bass player, hmm. which kind of tugged at me a little bit. Cause I'm like, well, fuck, <laughs> did you, did you, did you want me as a bass player because I'm good or because 
I'm all that you had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You just settled you would be for thinking me. like that. All right. Yeah. And uh, I started thinking more that way because his actions kind of started showing that like he didn't trust me as a bass player. And I remember calling him out on that. It's like, I don't feel like you trust me as a bass player. Mm. Um, we did a biker rally one time. And uh, when we did that show, that show should have gained confidence in my bass playing abilities. Not only my bass playing abilities, but how fucking tight I was with the drummer. Now, any band mm. I've been in as a bass player, I'm always, I always lock in with the drummer. I don't give a fuck what the guitar player is doing. I lock in with that drummer, especially if it's a drummer that plays in the pocket. I'm going to lock in with you and we're going to be, we're going to be like, we're rubbing dicks together, plain and simple. We're going to mash <laughs> those bitches together. And uh, yeah. So, or as they call it, docking, I'm docking the fuck out of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was one time our, our, our guitarist slash vocalist, he got too fucking carried away with the biker bitches that were there. And he miscounted his measures. It's a good thing me and the uh, me and the drummer were paying attention. We extended that section, which threw him off even more. But I'm looking at him like we extended it. Like we we see what you're doing. We're we got you. Now don't stop. Just keep going. Like don't fuck up. He fucked up. We covered up his fuck up. Yet he was always questioning me. And one of our arguments I had with him was, was like, dude, I'm, I never, I never mess up. Like, and if I do mess up, you'll never know. Cause I cover it up. And if you mm. do know, you can sit there and say, well, he kept going. I never stop. Yeah. I never miss a practice and I never miss a rehearsal. I never miss a show. I'm always here. So that show was when it kind of started getting a little crazy. The thing was, is that if you watch, I actually have old footage of us when we played at a bar. If you watch us play, he always plays to the drummer. He never played to me. Uh, right. We always kind of like were distant, like, and that was on him. Like, I, I wasn't very active with this band. Like, I, I told you, my stage presence meant everything to me. In this band, mm. I didn't move a lot. There were a few times where I was goofy. We actually got a, a fan from a dude who did college radio, who played us on college radio, purely based on the performance that we gave. And he, I remember right. him, I remember him telling my guitar player, he's like, your fucking bass player is goofy. I like that. And he's <laughs> like, I like, I like your music. And I like that. He don't give a shit. He does whatever, you know, <clears throat> I want to spin you guys on college radio and we got on college radio. Um, but ultimately what ended up happening, what, the, what broke the, the camel's back with me with this band was <clears throat> uh, when I was at the job that I was at, my mom couldn't pick me up because she had to go to town to that place I was telling you about before we started recording. She had to take mm. some customers out to the Hill Country. And um, so I, call, I called him the night before and said, hey, man, um, can we either one reschedule practice? I know I know you're not big on that, but if you don't want to schedule practice, um, I'm just letting you know my mom can't take me. So I was going to call and see if you could possibly pick me up from work. If you can't, no biggie. I'll Uber over to your house. Um mm. But just know that, you know, like I, I, I'm going to be coming at a different, you know, different vehicle. And yeah. he's like, no, man, it's cool. I'll come pick you up. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'll come pick you up. I was like, okay. Cause I don't have a problem with Ubering. I just need to know. So I know, you know, where to move my money to my account so I can use an Uber. And he's like, no, I'll come get you. I was like, all right, cool. Unbeknownst to me, he had talked to a new drummer at that time. So let me back step. I forgot that our drummer was going to leave. Um, right. So before I joined the band, the drummer had told him, Hey man, I don't want to do this full time. I'm doing this as a friend to you to help you out, but you need mm. to find a replacement. 
because I don't want right. to do this all the time. He was going to go start working at the Toyota plant and um, their hours are weird. So they do uh, basically what we call off ons. So two weeks you do days, two weeks you do nights and they flip. Hmm. So his schedule is going to yeah. be fucking stupid. Um, so he, he told them before I even joined the band, I find out later um, that they had a meeting with each other and he basically told him, Hey man, um, I know we have shows to the end of the year. Um, I'm going to do those shows. But after that, like I'm done, like you, you have, yeah. and he had, he had like four or five months to find another drummer. He's like, you have, I'm, I'm letting you know, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. Cause I know we get paid for these shows and you know, I don't want any of the money. I, I'm just, mm. I, I had an, I have an obligation to you and I feel like I need to fulfill that. So, you know, I'm going to do that. And then, then I'm out. Well, the guitar player didn't take it very kindly. And he tried coming to me, trying to basically have me side with him. And he's like, I can't believe he's doing this to me. He's my friend. We always talked about being in a band together and blah, 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 blah. And so mm. before I said anything to him, I went outside and I talked to him and I was like, Hey man, I didn't know you were leaving the band. And he goes, yeah, man. He's like, I told him a long time ago before you even in the band that that's something that I was going to do. I didn't want to be doing this, you know, for a living. I, I have other dreams and aspirations. And I was like, I can, yeah. re- I can respect that. And he goes, yeah. And if anything, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to leave you guys high and dry. I'm going to f- work out the rest of the shows, but I told him don't book anything in the new year until you have a replacement drummer because I'm, I'm not going to do them, but hmm. we had an obligation to fulfill these shows. So I'm going to do that. And I gave the dude a hug and I was like, Hey man, I love you, bro. Like I respect the hell out of you. Like, I respect that you stand by what you said and the fact that you're being mad enough to say, you know what, I'm going to at least give you this much and finish those shows because I feel obligated to do so. So, Hey man, I wish you the best of luck. I hope we can, you know, stay in touch and be still be friends after this. And, you know, I wish you all the luck and anything that you want to do. And, and I'm always here for you. Man. Yeah. I got your back. So I went back in, talked to the guitar player. I was like, well, I just talked to the drummer and he told me what's up and, and uh, bro, I'm sorry, bro. Like I, I can't side with you on this, man. Like he's, he's telling you like, it's not a big deal. I don't know why you're making a big deal. We'll find another drummer. So mm. I think that also kind of pushed him into like, kind of not liking me. Cause he's like, well, fuck you. You're not siding with me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward back to, I need a ride. Unbeknownst to me, he was talking to a new drummer that night. Following day, I go to work. Now I had been leaving my fender at his house with my amp. Uh, this particular practice, I had the fender with me. Hmm. Um, I took it to work. Uh, and to be clear, I, the job that I had was a driving job. I worked for, uh, well, I don't work for them now, so I can say it. I worked for Mercedes Benz at the time. And so right. my job was picking, I, I drove a, a Mercedes uh, uh, E350 wagon and I would shuttle people back and forth. So I'd go pick you up from your house, bring you to the dealership. Um, I would take your car to you. I would deliver cars to people. So I got to drive some really fucking badass cars. Um, but that was my job. So I did that 12 hours a day. Um, and I was in the sun, you know, moving cars, parking cars, washing cars, delivering cars. I was all over the place. And I drove all over San Antonio and all over Texas. I would go to like, like four or five hours out of town to deliver oh, a car man. sometimes. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I was all over the place. Um, and if anybody who has a driving job, they know that shit wears on you, man. Like it's, it doesn't seem like a hard job, but staring at a road for like five hours, uh, you know, nonstop, it can get to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I take my base to work. I leave it in the office cause there's an office of, of ladies that I go to where I get all my trips from. And, um, it's the hub. And, uh, I left my base in there. So end of the day comes, I get my base. I'm waiting for him. He shows up. 
And funny thing is he has a truck exactly like mine. So, <laughs> uh, right. I have a 2015 Toyota Tacoma. It's, it's my dream truck. I finally got one after so many years, but he had the oh. exact same one. And, um, so he picks me up and again, I'm completely oblivious to this animosity that he's been brewing that I didn't know about. And, um, you know, we're coming to the wire, we're trying to find a new drummer and, and uh, I knew the new drummer was going to come because he had texted me and said, Hey, tomorrow, the new drummer showing up to, to pra- that's basically what the practice was, was he was yeah. going to come in and he was going to show us our shit. We we're going to jam with him. <clears throat> so I get in the truck. I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, I'm my normal self. Are you ready for this shit? Like, I'm excited. Let's get it. Like I had a good day. Like let's. And he has this very somber attitude. Hmm. And so I'm looking at him like, what the fuck? Did your cat die or something? What's going on? <laughs> and, uh, he goes, Hey man, uh, you know, I just want to let you know, um, don't get used to this. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a cab driver. <laughs> and I looked what at the him. Fuck? Yeah, exactly. I looked at him. And I was like, you fucking serious. And he's like, I- I'm just saying, man, like, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm like, no, no, no. I hear what you're just saying, but bro, we didn't have, you didn't have to come pick me up. Like hmm. I could have Ubered. I told you that on the phone. And it's not like I texted you. I called you man to man and said hey can you do this for me if you can't do it i'll find a way like yeah. i'm not one to be like oh well i guess he's not gonna come pick me up oh i guess it's done no i'll find a way i'll make it work that's the whole reason why i called you and he's like oh oops, don't get upset man i'm just saying I'm like how am i not supposed to get upset dude like you're making me feel like you're doing me a favor that like is a hard favor like hmm. what the fuck so he's just kind of like I don't even remember the conversation really after that. I was kind of heated in the truck and yeah. I just remember getting to his house. And when we got to his house, we're waiting for the drummer to show up. So we go to his backyard and um, we're sitting in the backyard and he starts basically telling me all this stuff about, about me, about my character and about my playing and, 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 and the things that kind of get under his skin. And it's like all starting right. to come out. And I'm like, what the right. fuck? Where did this come from? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and He's telling me like, you know, uh, the thing that I, I remember the most was he was like, you know, you want to be a good bass player and you say you want to be in a band, but it really annoys me that you leave your gear here um, and you don't practice. Oh, he offered. Exactly. He goes, you don't practice. I was like, bro, you offered. And he goes, well, no, I mean, I'm cool with the amp staying here because I know how hard, like heavy it is. But like what musician leaves their guitar? Like that's your tool, man. Like that, that's your, the tool to trade in this band. Why would you leave that here? And I'm like, Hey, dum dum. Remember I have multiple bass guitars. Mm. I was like, I leave that here. So I don't have to worry about bringing anything. I practice at home with my guitar. And also let's not forget. I don't mess up at shows. I don't miss rehearsals. I was like, can you name me one time that you caught me fuck up live? That you had to cover for me. He doesn't say anything. I was like, you remember the biker rally? You remember who saved your ass there? He doesn't say nothing. I'm like, exactly, dude. I was like, you could question me leaving the base here if I was fucking up. I would completely understand where you're coming from. But I'm not fucking up. Mm. I'm at every show. And on top of that, I'm working 12-hour days. We played a fucking show on a Sunday night after a festival with nobody there and you booked the show at fucking 1 a.m 
knowing damn well I had to be at work at seven o'clock the next day. Mm. Did I complain? No. I came and played the show and I did my thing. And I went to work and I was like, I'm not, I don't ever complain to you. I don't ever cry to you about playing too many shows. I know what my role is and I, and I do my role damn well. So he keeps badgering me. Then he starts talking about my situation about, he's like, well, I, I feel bad for your mom. Cause your mom's constantly coming. Cause my mom and my, my, my wife would come, my, my mom, my wife, and my daughter were really good friends with, with his wife. Like they would come over. His wife was into wrestling right. and, you know, they'd come and watch wrestling with her Monday night raw and stuff like that. And, and, um, she loved our baby. She was, you know, she wanted another kid, but they were like, they were over yeah. kids at that point. Cause their kids were teenagers and shit. And so she loved, she loved being like, she never complained. Hmm. Again, I think he was at the end of the day, he was making excuses. So he was like, well, I feel bad for your mom. And you know, I was like, dude, but don't worry about my mom. My mom, hmm. my mom likes doing this. And if you don't believe it, you can ask her yourself. I'm not forcing my mom to come here. She knows damn well. If she doesn't want to come, she don't have to come. I can't make my mom do anything. So if you ever try to force an old lady to fucking do something, especially an old Mexican lady, <laughs> she ain't going to listen to me. She only listened to her damn doctor. How much do you think she's going to listen to me? <clears throat> so he keeps going and he's like, well, I just don't think you're ready financially or mentally. And I'm like, dude, don't worry about my personal life, bro. Until that personal life starts creeping in on my music and, 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 and hindering my ability to play these songs, you keep my personal life out of your fucking mouth. It has nothing to do yeah. with it. I was like, listen, dude, you're attacking me out of nowhere. And I don't know where the fuck this is coming from. If you want me out of the band, just tell me that you don't want me in the band and I'll leave. And I, I had to say that to him about five fucking times because he kept trying to deny it. And on mm. the fifth time I got, I looked at him dead in the face and said, listen, dude, if you don't want me in the band, nut the fuck up, be a man and tell me that you don't want me in the band. Mm. Plain and simple. He looks at me and goes, I, I think, I think it'll just be. I think it'd just be better if, if you weren't in the band. I said, cool. I'll get my stuff and I'll head out. I'll get an Uber. Yeah. And he goes, I'll help you. I said, no, I don't need your help, bro. Like, you're good. You, you wanted me out. I'm out. Good luck. I wish you the best of luck, my dude. I walk into the living room. His wife's on the couch. I walk up to her. I shake her hand. Uh, and I, call, I said her name. And I was like, you know, I just want to let you know it was a pleasure. I enjoyed the time that I had in this band. It was fun. Mm. I don't know what's going on with him right now. Uh, but just know that I have the most utmost respect for you and your family. Um, mm. And, you know, uh, good luck in everything that you guys do. And I walked off. Yeah. And she's looking at me like, what? Like her mouth is just <laughs> open. Like, wait, what? wait, huh? I walk into the garage and I can hear like this girl. She's an Islander. And ooh, when she gets mad. <laughs> She, I, I heard her outside. She was yelling at him. What the fuck is your problem? Why are you kicking this dude out? Like you, you talk so much, you know, good stuff about him when he got in the band, you know, how hard yeah. it's been to find a bass player and find somebody who's actually willing to deal with your bullshit and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm kind of laughing in the garage. Cause I'm like, I, I, I knew I intentionally kind of started that fight. Cause I knew she was going to stick up for me. So uh, yeah. <laughs> again, kind of trolling. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah, I'm getting my gear together. I'm trying to. I'm on my app, trying to get my uh, my Uber app to work. And and he comes out in the garage and he's like, "No, nah, man, put your stuff in my truck. I'll take you home." I was like, mm -hmm. "No, nah, man, I'll get an Uber. It's it's not a problem, dude." I was like, it, "It's there's obviously a problem for you to pick me up from work. I live further than I work. 
from you. Mm. So I'll, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll get an Uber. Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah. Because nah, man, you're not going to find a pickup truck, you know, to Uber. Just, I'll, I, I got to go to your house and get some stuff from uni. Cause I had some of the merch and shit. Cause my wife ran the merch table. Right. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, fuck, you know, I don't want to keep that stuff. I'll give it to you. So we load up the truck. We start driving home or to my house <coughs> the whole time. He's he, now he's, he's telling me like, uh, you know, my wife doesn't understand. And, you know, she's kind of mad that the decision that I made and she doesn't get it. And I'm like, you know, I'm right there with her, bro. I don't get it either. And hmm. he's looking at me. He's like, Hey man, that's rock and roll, baby. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's being a D bag, bro. And yeah. he's like, he goes, well, listen, man, I don't want no hard feelings. Like you're, you're a talented basis. You know, I'm just looking for, you know, uh, uh, you know, a better caliber of musicians. I'm like, bro, you literally just told me to my face right now that I suck mm. passive aggressively, but you just told me that I suck. Like what the fuck dude? And he's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't get discouraged. You're young, man. You'll find another band. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I don't need you to kiss my feet like that shit. Dude. Like that's, yeah. that's patronizing. I don't need that shit. Like I know who the fuck I am. And I told you when I came into this band, I just wanted to be a bass player. You, mm. you hype me up, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck about this band. Like I was doing what I was doing to try to succeed because I wanted us to, su to succeed. I liked your music. I liked your style of writing, but at the end of the day, I make my own music, bro. I'll go do that. I don't have a fucking problem with it. Yeah. We get to my house. I go inside. I'm like, let me go get your shit. Uh, I had all his demos, all his t-shirts. I had everything. And they were in containers. I gave all this shit back to him. He pulls out a wad of cash and he gives me some money. I'm like, what's this? He's like, it's the money for all the shows that you did. I'm like, I don't want that shit. Hmm. Like at, at this point, I don't want it. He goes, no, you earned it. I'm like, shove it up your ass. I don't give a fuck. You know, go give it to some homeless yeah. dude. Like, I don't want it. He goes, no. He goes, bro, like take the money. You know, I, I really don't want hard feelings. Like, you know, you, you, you worked for that money. It, it's your money. So in my head, I'm like, stop being stupid. You could, you could use that money. You know, he's a fucking buddy. So <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, all right, fine. I, I took the money and, uh, I thought that was the end of it. Okay. Mm. So we get to fast forward to like two years later, he now has a new band. He did a podcast. I found out why he kicked me out, by the way, he did a podcast. So, you know, I was still a fan of the music, you know, and, and even though me and him kind of went on a Rocky thing, uh, I still, I was kind of forgiving him. Right. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. So this podcast comes out, I give it a listen. Both the bass player, the guitar player and the drummer are all on this podcast. The podcaster, the interviewer asked him, how'd you guys meet? Right. I finally, finally find out why I got kicked out. So the gist of it was, the drummer who was going to come try out, who was coming to the rehearsal that day, called the guitar player the night before and was talking to him. And we're, mm. we're ma making this meeting to happen. Unbeknownst to me, he told the guitar player, I also know a bass player who's a friend of mine who plays bass really well. And if you want me in this band, we're a package deal. Never hearing this guy drum, guitar player, decided to switch his loyalty and say, fuck the guy who's had my back from the day one he's been in his band. And I'm going to go yeah. with these two kooks that I don't even fucking know. And I'm going to throw this dude to the sharks. Oh man. So that's ultimately <laughs> what happened. So that's why that the, I'm, I'm looking for a higher caliber musician 
fucking made so much sense after that. I was like, that's why he said it the way he said it. That's why he worded it the way he worded it. He yeah. knew he was going to get a drummer and a bassist by losing me. It, 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 yeah. It, he, he, he didn't want to go through trying to find another drummer. And, and if it cost me sacrificing me, then so be it. The guy, the guys were also closer to him in age. So it worked out again, still wasn't mad. I was like, that eh, just makes sense. If anything, it tells me everything I need to know about the type of person that you are. You don't have the mm. balls to do shitty things and then own up to those shitty things and just come up. Cause if he would have just told me the drummer told me he needs another bass or he won't join unless his bassist friend joins, you know, I've been like, well, I know where your loyalty lies, but I respect the hell out of you for actually coming out and telling me like a fucking man. Yeah, if you had been straightforward about it, like exactly, and I would have been like, "That's cool, man. I have other shit going on. Like, I, I I'll walk mm. away, no problem. Like, not an issue. I would still fucking promote the fuck out of you guys. Hell, if you guys actually got signed and y'all needed a roadie, hey, I'd I'd get a job somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that wasn't the case. So getting to where the where I'm I'm looking for your opinion. I know this is kind of long winded. Um, but get into where your opinion's at. So there was one more thing that happened prior to what recently happened. And that was, he ended up messaging me out of nowhere. The band was going to go on tour. They were going to do a Texas tour. I think they were doing a regional tour. And, uh, he messaged me and was like, Hey man, um, you know, we're starting our first leg of the tour in San Antonio. And then we're going to head out and do our tour. <clears throat> I'd really like for you to come to this show. Um, because I want to have every band member that's ever been in it. There's a lot of them. That's a right. revolving door of ex members. He's like, I want everybody to come in and I want to have y'all on stage and just basically kind of thank y'all. And, and as y'all wish us well on the, on the tour. And mm. I was like, Hey man, that's cool that you're going on a tour. Um, that's badass, but I have to respectfully decline. I, I don't want to be there. And yeah. he's just like, what, what, why man? I'm like, dude, don't play stupid. You know, damn well, why I don't want to be there. The way we we had a fallout, I haven't heard from you in years. And this is the first time I've heard from you. And this is what you're contacting me for. Like, yeah. you're. I feel like you're doing it to make yourself feel good and to make yourself look good in front of these people that don't know you. Um, yeah. and, and I'm sorry, I can't sign on to that. Like, it's, it's and like I've told you and your, your, your listeners are noticing too. I'm a genuine <laughs> person. That shit don't feel genuine to me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to yeah. be fake about it. He wouldn't let it go. He kept going, you know, you're going to be the only person that's not going to show up. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, bro. Like, I, I wish you luck. I wish, I wish you all the best, but I don't want to be there. And he kept yeah. hassling me and hassling me. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And I was like, God damn, dude. I, it got to the point where I messaged him and I was like, I'm glad I'm not a chick, dude. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean by that? I was like, at this point, I feel like you're like, it's like almost like you're ear raping me, bro. Like you can't take <laughs> no for an answer. Like yeah, you're, you're yeah. forcing it's yourself harassment. on me. Yeah. You're forcing yourself on me. I don't want nothing to do with your band. I want no, I, erase my name from ever being in the band, erase all pictures of me, all video, everything. Just scrub me from the band. I don't care to have yeah. my name associated with you ever again. And he kept at it. He kept at it. I kept trying to guilt trip me. And I was like, bro, I'm going to leave you with this. Oh, Cause he goes, he goes, well, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm writing my own solo music. I was like, you've already seen some of it. And I was like, and I'm continuing on that path. Hmm. And I, you know, I'm going to release my music. And he goes, well, what about a band? I was like, I don't need a fucking band. I'll do it on my own. Well, how are you going to do shows? It's not a concern for me right now. My, my concern is to write music and then put it out there. And then my next concern is to build a fan base. 
And then if yeah. I can get a big enough fan base to, to, to get a band, I'll hire people. Uh, and he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just don't see how, how that, how that works, man. Like I'm a fucking rock star, man. Like I got to play shows. I'm <laughs> like, well, you go, you go on with your bad self and you go be a rock star, buddy. He goes, Oh, I, I'm yeah. already, I already am a rock star. I'm living the dream there, man. I'm living it. I'm like, all right, cool. You take your 40 year old self and you go have, <laughs> go have fun. <laughs> right. And I was like, from I was like, I'm done with this conversation. Block me, delete me, whatever you need to do, but I'm not going to respond anymore. I'm not going to play these games because it got to a point where he was actually getting really aggressive in the messages. Mm. And it, it got to a point where it's like, bro, I mean, if you want to, if you want to meet up, we can meet up. Like, I have no problem with that shit. Like, you're not going to fucking talk to me like I'm a child. I was like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a grown ass fucking man, bro. We can handle, I don't give a fuck about your military background or nothing. Like, I'll show up to your fucking front door, bro. Like, mm. and be ready. Like, don't fucking talk to me like that. Don't disrespect me. I'm, I, I'm a very nice guy. I'm an easygoing guy, but do not fucking piss me off. Don't poke the fucking bear, bro. Mm. And so he, he blocked me. Now, <laughs> he ended up making another Facebook last year. He changed his real name. Now, mind you, his actual name, and I'll tell you off air what his name is, but his real name sounds like a stage name. It was perfect. Right. His stage name sounds goofy as shit. He changed his <laughs> name. Why? I don't know. It's like, bro, are you having a fucking midlife crisis? What the fuck's going on with you? But he ended up changing his name. And I'll, I'll tell you the difference off air and you're going to laugh your ass off. But anyway, he did that. So now we're getting to the opinion I'm looking for, because I don't know how I feel about this. So back when things were good, I did do a studio recording with them. I recorded mm. one song with them that never got released. Um, <clears throat> and we were going to go back to the studio before the wheels started to kind of fall off. But I did go and record one song in its entirety. I recorded this almost five years ago. After everything that has happened. I never thought that song was going to get released because or at least it was going to get rewritten the baseline would be rewritten because all the other songs that i did um the bass player that replaced me he didn't give a fuck about my bass playing he he wrote his own thing like those songs are completely right. different baseline wise and his 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 style of playing was a lot of like, i think he was a punk bass player beforehand because it's a lot of just writing the root note a lot of where mine was like you know i i did a lot of fiddling around on the bass so um, they released two EPs in the time that I left the band till here last month, okay? Last month, yeah. they released another EP, a new EP. This EP, it, so he got the original bass player to come back into the band. He got a, a drummer from another local band to join the band. And... I think he got another guitar player. Um, the new EP that came out has none of them on that EP. Right. This EP is unreleased material. The track that I recorded is, is on, on that EP. Oh, man. So I don't know how to feel about it. Not only that, I'm credited. So I can't get mad that I... I'm not credited. And that's how I knew that because when I listened to the track, I'm like, fuck, this baseline sounds exactly like the one that I because I remembered <laughs> the writing the baseline. And I'm like, none of yeah. the other songs sounded like that. Like all this my baselines and other because I 
trust me, I'm egotistical enough to go back and listen to those songs when they were released and be like, okay, my baseline, that's not my baseline. Like, cause I yeah. wanted to see what another basis, how he interpreted those songs. Right. So listening to this song, it was like, I didn't even see the credit first. I listened to the song cause I saw it on the EP and I was like, Oh shit. Like, let me see what he did. Cause I, I had fun playing that baseline. So I was like, let me see if he, if he copied it or took like, things that he liked from it but like altered it but it was the exact same baseline same bass tone i was like hold up so i looked i went and looked at the credits i'm credited so i'm like fuck i am on that that's me that's me playing i haven't been Mm. in this band in five fucking years (laughs) so i don't know how to feel about because i don't want money from it and and i feel like i'm deserve i i I, i'm like i deserve any kind of money that goes their way for that yeah I should get a small percentage of it for being credited on that album, but I don't want it, Mm. you know? So I don't know how to feel about it. That is a tough one. You know, if he wasn't such a dick and you had a parted ways, you know, nicely, you know, if he went a good way about everything with the band, I'd let him away with it. I'd wish him luck. The fact that he was a complete and utter dick to you is telling me, you need to get what you deserve from it. It, it, it. I don't even know how to go about that. That's the thing. Cause I, I was, that, that's, that's how I was kind of looking at it too. Is it's like, do I really want to go and play that kind of hardball with him? Cause it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it at, at a point where it's mm. like, if anything, it's kind of one of those things that if that band, cause I don't see the band ever really get, getting famous with his attitude, but mm. if it did, being credited on it, I think would warn its own investment in the sense of like, you know, I'm, I'm building my own brand with my podcast, with my music. I'm guesting on another podcast. Eventually my name is going to get out there. Um, yeah. You know, eventually people are going to do enough digging and they're going to be able to connect which band it was that I was in, who I'm telling the story about. Um, you know, I, I, maybe they'll come back tenfold. Um, I, I think if anything, for me, it, it, it really it paints a picture of who this guy is um, character-wise. Like, he hmm. doesn't give a fuck about who's in the band with him. He is going yeah. to do whatever he needs to. He's going to step on whoever he needs to to get to the top. And I think, if anything, that was just like the nail in the coffin showing, like, bro, you had a fallout with this guy. The drummer didn't even want to be in the band anymore. And you didn't even have the common courtesy to reach out to me. I don't know if you reached out to the drummer, but you didn't have the common courtesy to reach out to me and say, Hey man, I know we had a rough, you know, passing, but I'm going to be releasing that song, whether you like it or not. Again, I would respect the hell out of you. If you had the balls to be like, I'm releasing it, whether you like it or not. Yeah. If anything, yeah, I gave you a, a credit. Weird though. You know that he credited you. And like when he released it, like it, being such a dick, you'd think that he would have left your name off it. Yeah. You know, cause I, I feel like he doesn't understand the legal ramifications of that. Cause I feel like mm. I could possibly, legally be like hey i'm credited on this song um i you know i should get because i think he was thinking that if he credited me i wouldn't go after him yeah versus, that's probably his thinking if versus not crediting me and being like hey that's me like but again it's like then you obviously know you must know that i have a good ear for that shit if you're thinking yeah. that like there's so many possibilities and I, I don't know how to take it i i i to this day, I'm still like, what the fuck? I don't even know how to respond to it. When I heard it, I was just like, 
because when I first heard it, I was like, that, that sounds like me playing. And then when I mm. actually looked and I was credited, I was like, holy fuck, that's me playing. What do I do? <laughs> like, because I mean, I could, I could lawyer up and <coughs> one, the band's not big and enough. And you so want I, to bring that hassle on yourself as well. Yeah. It's like the band, know? I doubt the band's making that kind of money. You know, I, yeah. being in the band at the time, I knew what we were making. And um, even then, like, I feel like he was burning a lot of bridges with yeah. venues because i was even telling one of my buddies um because he was like you guys make some good money at shows right i was like yeah and no one's there like <laughs> we bring no one and it's in order to and that's not how it works like i know how yeah. it works and watching him doing it i feel like he was slimy about it and i told my buddy that i was like because to get a guarantee that's what a guarantee is it's i'm guaranteeing you x amount of people for x amount of price I don't meet that requirement. I don't get that price. Yeah. You know? Um, and I don't know how he was doing it, man. Cause we were getting paid pretty well. Um, I mean, to the point where we were, we could do one or two gigs and that was enough to go to studio for like eight to 16 hours. Jesus. So <laughs> we were making money, man. And, um, I don't know, man. Cause like the other way, the other way that like there's another local band here that does it. And if, you know, bands that, that are trying to figure out how to work this system, one of the other ways you can do it is if you have money, uh, one of the bands here, what they would do is they would go to a bar and say, Hey man, um, what do you need to break even? What's your price? Hmm. So if a bar's like, I don't know, like 700 bucks. Cool. I'm going to give you that 700 bucks. I want to play on Saturday, May 25th. And I'm going to give you the 700 bucks to make your, your break even. Yeah. So you're the bar made their money, right? So I'm going to pay you my, the 700 bucks. I'm going to book that show. I'm going to have my own door guy. He's going to collect the money and I'm going to get all, I want all the money off the door. You can keep everything of the bar and, and we're an older band. So I can guarantee that we're going to bring, bring people. That's another way to do it, but I've never seen him do that. And it, it's a smart way to do it. Like I said, if you have money, you pay the bar, and the bar has no say in what the fuck you do now, right? As long as you're not yeah. wrecking the place. But if you're paying yeah. what, the, what they need to break to break even, then it's all profit for them that night. More than likely, the bar owner is going to be like, yeah, fuck it. I get to keep the bar and you just take the door? Yeah, because now the, now the responsibility is on the band to make that money back. You got to make your 700 yeah. bucks to break even. And then you got to actually, you got to push sales to get people in that door to, to make any money back. So it's a, the burden falls on the band, not the bar. But he never did that. I know he didn't do it because that motherfucker was stingy. And <laughs> like, so what I think was happening and I had a discussion with my friend is I think that he was, um, again, pure speculation, but I think he was telling venues that he had a bigger following than we actually had. Um, oh yeah. And we were showing up and we were playing these fucking gigs <laughs> and, you know, cause the thing was, is that, when people heard it, they loved it. Like it, it's, it's bar music, man. It was, it was biker yeah. bar music. It was rock and roll. It was dirty. It was raw. And, um, you know, bikers loved it. Um, you know, that's how we got invited to the biker rally. We played a venue at a bar. There were a bunch of fucking bikers there and they were jamming our shit. And they came up to him afterwards and said, Hey man, we'd love for you to do the biker rally. And yeah, fuck yeah, man. You know, we, we went and did a, you know, biker rally. So, People like the music, but I think he was just being slimy in his business business tactics. And that was one of the reasons why I kind of take that in consideration too. It's like, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why they don't play as much. And I'm 
I told my buddy, I was like, I never played in that band. I never played a venue twice. <laughs> Ever. That tells you everything you need to know. Right? That seems like you a know? red flag. I never played the same bar twice. We were always yeah. playing different bars. So I don't you know. You know yourself with bands. You're If you put on a good show, you're asked back. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Numerous times. So. Yeah. If you're bringing in, and, and that's the thing about, like, with this band, it was an older band. So for for band promoters for bars they love when they're not getting teenage fucking bands they love yeah. the older bands because people drink and yeah and people um there's a there's a punk pop band i can say their name because i don't have any issues with them but there's a punk pop band here in san antonio called silent minority dude bars love when those guys play because one they're pop punk so mm. you get a shit ton of girls at their shows um and two they're they, they're boozers man like they people are buying the band drinks and they'll have five or six fucking shots on their amp so <laughs> the bar's making money off the fans just buying the band drinks pinata protest is another one there if, hmm. if you want to hear crazy fusion listen to pinata protest they're a punk band with an accordion and there's like mexican right. yeah there's like mexican american <laughs> influence in it so uh, I tried out for that band way back in the day, but they wanted me to buy a stand-up bass. And I was like, they wanted me to like, like do all these tricks on it. I was like, I'm too yeah. fucking big for that. Fuck that. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I'm like shouting out bands and shit, but, um, but yeah, like those venues that's, they like that type of shit. So I don't mm. know what he was trying to pull and, and what type of scheme he's running, but I don't know, man. Like, and, and then I guess the reason why I put it out there now is because I don't want to be that guy later on if they do make it being that dude like like 15 years from now i'm like well i'm credited on song where's my paycheck um yeah you know so like telling the story it, it'll it'll keep me humble keep me to remember that so if that band yeah. ever does make it i'm coming back to this episode and listening to the story again and saying hey don't do that again hmm. you, you you you're confident enough in everything else that you're doing you don't need to leech off of a band especially a band that was that treated you so poorly in the end, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I feel you on the legality of it, but the, the, for me, it's, it's kind of like, do I really want to do the hassle? <laughs> it's, it, it, I think it'll be more of a hassle than it, than, than I would be compensated for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You don't need the headache in your mm -hmm. life, really, you know? It'll be interesting if any of the listeners want to shed some light on their thoughts about it, send us a message. Yeah, I definitely just... love to to hear what people have to say because, um, like, I, I, because again, I also don't want to play the victim card. Like, I'm, 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 I, I, I wasn't the victim in this. Like, it was, it was a disagreement. I just, I just met somebody who our ideals don't meet up. You know, and like, I, yeah. don't, I don't hate the guy. I, I, I just, I, I don't agree with his practices. Um, you know, and that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why I don't want to say the name publicly because. I don't want to shame the band. I don't, I don't want to shame him. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's an experience that I had and hopefully it'll resonate with some listeners. Um, or, you know, next time you run into somebody who's like that, you'll know in this story, some red flags may trigger in your brain next time. And you'd be like, Hey, I, I heard a story that was close to this <laughs> and you start backing up. So you don't find yourself in, in, in that situation, but that's where I want to come from, from it. I don't, I don't want to come from a negative standpoint of like, fuck this guy, fuck the band and all that stuff. It's like, they're doing their thing. Um, and like the new members, I have no hate towards them. You know, uh, if anything, the old bass player used to come to all the shows to watch us play all the time. And it made me hella nervous because 
he was he was a good bass player and it's like fuck i gotta yeah i gotta fucking show him i gotta show him my shit you know because he was a good bass player yeah. <laughs> um so like i have no heart i hate my heart for for the band for them um i guess i'm just disappointed um in, in the way things happen to turn out you know but that's yeah. that's the band life man that's as 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 he said that's rock and roll man oh and that's the perfect way the perfect phrase to end it (laughs) right (laughs) yeah man thanks again for having me man i had a lot of fun i hope we could do this again um and if you ever have anything that you want to talk about uh that you want to even if it's to vent on or any type of of view that you want to share you're more than welcome to come on our, our podcast and uh, love to have yeah. you. And we can set up a time for that too, man. I'd love it. I'd love it. And listen, thanks a million. And since I'd say about a half an hour into this episode, I've been thinking to myself, we're not going to have enough time to cover everything. I'm going to have to get you back on for a part <laughs> two, possibly a three and a four as well. <laughs> oh yeah, man, definitely. And like, like I, I made the deal, I made the deal with my buddy, uh, the first podcast that I ever did. Uh, everything I love, every, everything, I, every podcast I love is dead. Sorry, I butchered his name, but Nolan Gunther, he was, I was his first guest and he was my first guest. And we made a deal with each other publicly that whenever we make it, we know we've made it because I made a deal with him that if, when I can afford to fly him down, I'm going to have him come to my cognitive discourse studio and we're going to do an in-person podcast and it's going to be three or four fucking hours long. We're going to boost it up. We're going to smoke some cigars and we're going to have a good time. And so I don't say that to a lot of people, but I had fun on your podcast and I want to make that public. That's a goal of mine. So for all your listeners there, me and you are going to climb that ladder together. And when time comes, I'd love to be able to fly you down, come to Texas. We'll eat some steaks. We'll shoot some guns and we'll do a podcast together. Perfect. Sounds like absolute <laughs> heaven. <laughs> oh yeah, man. That's that, and, that's what keeps me motivated. That's what keeps me like. It gives me that drive every day. Is to be like, I've met some really awesome people in this journey of podcasting. I want to keep that going. I want to build a community. Yeah. I want to spread positivity. And if I can get you guys in an in person interview, and and spend some time and show you guys some Texas shit, then let's let's do it. Yeehaw, motherfuckers! <laughs> and the same to you for. Uh, I'll fly you to Ireland when when we're big stars. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'll show you around Ireland. Uh, and I uh, have an Ireland, a, a, a genuine pint of Guinness, because I yes. hear that it's so much better over there. <laughs> so I've been told, so I've been told, I've met a lot of Americans now who've said it, uh, it's completely different. I'm a, I'm a porter and stout guy. That's that's all I drink, so <laughs> I'll be but, ready. <laughs> uh, about, uh, about building the community and everything, when it comes to podcasting and content content creation a personal sort of mantra of mine is rising tides lift all sails hell yeah you know that's a great way to fucking end it man i'm gonna i'm gonna keep that up here hey guys i really hope you enjoyed this show if you did rate and review us on itunes really helps the show grow you can find us on social media at Concerts That Made Us Podcast and be sure to check out our website at www.concertsthatmadeus.com And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by signing up at patreon.com forward slash concerts that made us. We've got three tiers available. 
If that's something you're interested in, you'll get access to a private Discord, exclusive uncut video versions of the podcast, early access to ad-free versions of the episodes, and much, much more. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.